Welcome to the What's Next podcast. The function of this podcast is to help current students have a better understanding of the options available to them after they finish their studies, as well as being aware of the resources and support they have to assist them in their journey from the start to the end and beyond their academic studies here at ICMP. So today we have another special guest on our podcast and we're going to get them to introduce themselves and we're going to just get into what's next. So if you could tell us what is your name, what you studied at ICMP and what is your current occupation, job, roles if you have more than one. Hello everyone, my name is Tiago. Um, I have done the Masters in Songwriting, uh, graduated in September 2020. Uh, so it's been, yeah, about two and a half years now. And my occupation at the moment is I'm a songwriting teacher. So that paid off. I also do, well, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but I also do some some technical jobs in the audio and events area because that's what I was doing before I graduated in the master's. And I still do it because many things, because life in London. <laughs> No, absolutely. I mean, we'll start to get into that, actually. So let's start with, um, obviously, as you said, you work as a songwriting teacher, which is very good that you're able to go into teaching something you studied. Um, what does your day-to-day kind of look like in that in that particular role? The position of teacher is, uh, is freelancing. So everything that I've done in my life, I've never had a, a full-time job. Uh, everything was freelancing and also the teaching is freelancing. So usually during term times, which is about mid-September to mid-December and then mid-January to mid-May. I have like two or three days a week teaching. Most of the times it's about like four to six hours a day. So I try not to do anything non-musical on those days in which I am teaching just to get into that zone of of music really because I also do a lot of songwriting. I wouldn't say that's like an occupation or a job, but I do do a lot of songwriting for syncing, which is trying to put your songs in TV series and TV shows and movies and video games, that kind of thing. So I try to teach and teaching is a big source of inspiration for me. So on those days that I'm teaching, I try to get back home and get into writing. Uh, I get a lot of briefs from different companies and different A&R companies that I work for and with. Uh, and then I try to get those days to do that and also to study music. I'm currently taking classes of saxophone, piano and harp. So I try to leave two or three days of my week just for music stuff. Either it's teaching or studying or songwriting. And then, as I said, I do all the stuff as technician. So I moved to London about eight years ago and... I've done a few things at post-production houses as well, as I've done back in Brazil, where I'm from. But I ended up in the events kind of industry, and I do a lot of uh, audio and video te- uh, technician jobs for like the British Library, for some museums, for BT, uh, for Warner Brothers as well. And that's something that I do also once or twice a week. So that kind of fills up my Monday to Friday, let's say. And during the weekends, I'm always playing with my bands. So it's quite full on, but I love it. I mean, it definitely sounds full on just from the sounds of that. I'm like, wow, that's so much <laughs> stuff that you're just doing. So it's not even just a you. It's not a a typical day to day because you have so many spinning parts that you're like managing and dealing with, which is amazing. Yep. I can also imagine that that's quite that can be quite exhausting as well. 
it is very exhausting the the energy transfer that you have to put when you're in many different places in the same week that's that for me is the most exhausting thing and obviously the you know commuting as well like i i cycle everywhere because i think it's the best way to get in, get around london and it's a lot of cycling sometimes you have to be like in three different places in the same day and as i said like transferring that energy from like teaching to going and studying something and then coming back home and writing or doing some av tech work during the day and then at night coming back home and studying or songwriting as well and it takes a while for your head to get around it and also your body obviously yeah that's the the physical kind of distress as well everything is man it's been manageable until up until now and i hope it keeps that way but yeah our, one thing that i stopped doing for example is teaching privately uh, like private instrument lessons because that was a bit too much for me like being adding to those two or three places a day adding like you know two other student houses at the same day and just like getting your head around oh i'm teaching guitar now and then i'm going to go to these other students to teach piano and then i'm going for an av tech job and then i'm going to songwrite or i'm going to jam with my band or i'm going to play a gig that is a lot and it's exhausting but it's it is manageable and i think that where i cut off in the beginning of this year was on the private teaching because that was a bit too much even with you sharing that it's leading me to ask this question actually about like your work-life balance so what have you found in the midst of like doing all of these different roles what have you found has been the biggest challenges when it comes to actually looking after yourself and actually managing that work-life balance i know you kind of have spoken a bit about as you're doing the private tutoring that was just a bit too much on top of everything else you were doing was that the biggest challenge you found or was there were the other challenges that were just as big or bigger than bigger when it came to looking after yourself and actually managing that balance of your work and life um separation yeah i think that um a lot of people who are listening to this are going to be creatives or creative people and for me the the most overwhelming thing and most annoying thing is to have all that creative energy and to have all those ideas kind of you know cooking inside yourself but also looking at the clock and thinking that you still have like six or eight hours so you until you can get home and actually get that energy out of you so i think that is uh, mentally very exhausting um, and the way that i found to reduce that is obviously reducing some of your workload and then i decided to do uh, the private tutoring because there was a lot of commuting and as i said is energy transfer um, but at the same time, like I started trying to cut down whatever I'm doing that's non-musical for six hours or less, because I found out that more than six hours, I just like, I just can't cope with then getting back home and being able to function in the way that I want to. Now, obviously sometimes that's not doable because, uh, you have like, I have a few long time clients, for example, that whenever they call me in for a job, I say yes, because we, we've had a relationship and yeah, it's a mutual helping thing, you know, especially during the pandemic, for example, a lot of these people, they helped me out with, uh, with jobs and, you know, getting, getting out of that kind of money hole that everyone was in. Uh, so I think it's, um, it's giving and taking in, in a good kind of balance in there. Uh, but sometimes obviously you get out of your balance because you're trying to help people a lot. And that's usually where I find myself in. I'm really bad at saying no to things especially when uh, it's for people that I care about and that I know they care about me as well. Um, so 
I guess almost everything that we do work uh, that I do work wise, I think it's around people. Because even though some stuff is corporate, like I really get in a good relationship with people, and then it's really hard to say no when like a friend comes and asks you, like, "Hey, I really need someone to do this. Can you come and do it?" For me, it's really hard to say no on that. Instead of like you know having a, a corporation or having a company calling you in for something, I think that would be easier to say no. Yeah, but it, it is it is a really hard thing to do and I think the only the only way out is through experience and listening to your body listening to your mind and saying oh this is taking too much away uh, it's actually very healthy for me to get out of this situation so I can do all the rest no definitely I mean thank you for sharing that as well I guess there was a point you made which I'm sure maybe a lot of people who are listening might be able to relate to this if not now then maybe in the future I guess knowing when to say no especially when it's people that you care about or have a relationship with. How did you get to a place? And maybe if, if you're not there now, like, um, how have you learned to kind of balance that? Sometimes you can say no to corporation or organisation where there may not be as much emotional ties to said company. But if it's a friend or maybe it is an organisation that you have strong ties with, how how have you worked out when to be like you know what i have to i have to say no for the sake of just not like collapsing in on myself like i have to say no how did you work that out how are you working that out if that's still something you're processing now i think i'm working that out uh, by first listening to my body like i think that our body can tell us uh, a lot especially when you're putting it in into a lot of like distress uh, your body and your mind can can speak for themselves like they actually tell you a lot internally and then if you listen to them like it's it gets pretty obvious uh, where i should you know invest my my energy so usually i think that a lot of people go around this kind of route as well of like i'm gonna try to maximize my money to hour kind of ratio um so i stopped doing that because um sometimes being around good people for more time and making less money makes me feel more inspired and you know makes me have more energy to get back home and do what what matters to me and something that is ultimately like you know has meaning to it instead not that you know a tech job doesn't have a meaning it does have a meaning but it's not meaningful to my life and to my life experience and what i want to um, to do in my life so yeah i guess it's always like a for me, it's always a, a connection thing, a, a relationship kind of thing that makes me uh, speaking about like connections and creativity and stuff. That makes me re that reminds me of a book from Kay Tempest, where they well the, the name of the book is on connections. So I would recommend that to anyone. And I think that book really helps me a lot on finding those opportunities in which just being around the right people that will be more inspiring and. That will have much more impact in your life than just trying to make a lot of money in like three hours and then having the rest of the day to do something if that sucks all of your energy out uh, so i'd rather you know be around good people having good conversations even though that will leave me less time in the end of the day to do what i want to do that time will be well spent and will be more inspiring and, and more productive and, and more creative for me i guess it's different for every individual so if you are aware of what you want to prioritize to know when to say no and when actually like know what i'm doing this for i can say yes to because and you you have your own reasoning and justification but as long as you yourself know and as you said listening to your body your body will be a good indicator to tell you when you're like you need you're nearly on e 
when empty, you need to stop. Yeah. You know your capacity, so. Yeah, everyone. So I guess, yeah, it's really hard to listen to your body, but um, I do, I've been practicing like yoga and meditation for 13 years now, 12, yeah, 14 years. And it takes a while for you to get into that mindset of like, oh, this is what my body's feeling. This is what it's trying to tell me. But the more you do, I think that there's a lot of physical health, like and things that you can do to yourself that will help you to listen to your body as well. So it's it's the very basic, you know, like sleeping well, uh, a good diet, you know, like eating well. Yeah, doing like exercising a lot. And for me, meditation is a big, big thing as well. Yoga and meditation, like they go in hand, they go hand in hand together. So I do more yoga than meditation, but they, they do like share a lot of stuff in there. That has helped me a lot to to find my way through this, um, through these hard paths that a city like London can can make you. Okay, so as as a uh, songwriting teacher, you know you have your opportunity to teach um, young people, which is amazing. But you said outside of that, you would be um, as well as developing uh, your own creativity through um, instrumental practice. Um, you also have opportunities to work on briefs that come from A&Rs, whether that's ones that you've uh, worked alongside or ones that just put out briefs. Um, for those who are studying, whether that's the BA songwriting or the ME songwriting and are trying to figure out how they can kind of get into sync, what would be good steps for them to like do to do now? And like, where do they go? Because obviously you hear sync and you're like, Oh, I want to do it, but I'd never know where to start or where to look. So what would you say for those uh, students? Yeah, so I started um, writing for the World of Sync when I was touring with my band in the US. And I just saw an ad on on a billboard um, saying about taxi online A&R. So I'm like, all right, what is that? That that looks interesting Uh, because it said something about, you know, writing and music and movies and whatever. I'm like, I'm just going to check that online. And... I subscribed to them, um, yeah, that like five years ago, and I never stopped because it's a it's a thing that just keeps me inspired and keeps me having a goal to write to. So what they do is every day or every two days they send you like three or four briefs. So it's like, oh, we need like Latin songs with a mixture of Spanish and English on the pop kind of you know uh, dressing uh, for a music library, whatever in the U.S. or in the U.K. And then you just look at that and like, oh, this sounds interesting. So yeah, let's, let's just go and do it. Uh, so I started doing that in 2018. And I think in about, it takes a while. Like it's, it's, it's kind of a long game, especially to start making money out of it. I think that a lot of people relate to that. Like I don't do it just for the money. I, I do it for many reasons. And obviously if you can get money out of it or if you can get a placement, sometimes it's more about the exposure and not just the money as well. Um, so I started doing that. And in about a year and a half, I started getting my first uh, contracts and now I have some songs in in Australia, in Israel, in the UK, and I have an album released through a music licensing company in the US. And I, I have probably around like 80, 75 to 80 songs like signed to libraries and um, publishing companies around the world. Uh, and every now and then, you know, I see some royalties coming in and see some payments like just had like a nice PRS check today, which is always like, you know, keeps your energy going. And you're like, oh, okay, that's why I do it. You know, that's one of the reasons why I do it. So yeah, why not? It just gives you an extra bump of, of energy to do that. And that's all the A&R, uh, online A&R agencies that do that. I think that's Sinker, 
Sinker is here from the UK, if I'm not mistaken. Taxi is from the US, so a lot of the stuff that they do is in the US. Well, there's, there's quite a few out there. Um, Centric is another one here. So they all have their own briefs and they all have their own way to navigate this kind of stuff. But the taxi one is the one. It's a bit costy, like, you know, it, it's um, it's like a $200 per year, plus a few dollars when you when you make any submission. But it was worth for me because, as I said, it keeps me inspired. It keeps me having a goal to write and, you know, it gets my music out there. Um, it's a great way of networking as well because, you know, I've, I've been to the US twice for the they have like a convention every November and then, you know, you meet people from the agencies that you sign your songs to and, you know, they, they always have interesting projects and when they know who you are, they always keep you in mind for their project. So it's a great way of, you know, doing something that's a bit different with your music, even though a lot of people are trying to do that now. Right? It's really hard to get into and to get into the right circle of people. Well, it's doable. I'm, I'm, I'm here to, to prove that it's doable and I think it's fun. Alongside that, obviously, I have my artistic projects and my bands, so it's not the only thing I do. I think if I only did that, then it wouldn't be enough for me to express myself. But that is a great way of having a goal to write whenever you don't feel like writing for yourself or writing artistically. You can write more like focused and directly to, to brief. No, definitely. No, thank you for, for sharing that. That's good. For those who are listening that are doing songwriting, whether you studied it or that's something you're interested in going down as a path, you can make sure to catch this back and maybe look at some of those different organisations that do syncs, um, sync briefs and yeah, go, just go for it. Just go, go jump head first into it. And if that's a particular path where you want to go down, then do it. Yeah. And get in touch with me as well. If you need any, any tips. Or... You heard it here first. Get in touch with Tiago. <laughs> need any tips. We'll be glad to help you. I think this might be, I've only got like maybe one or two more questions to ask. So, so obviously you do a lot of, so outside of teaching and outside of, outside of doing writing for briefs, um, you obviously said you have your artistic, your artistic project and you um, have played, I guess you've utilised your musical skills in the instruments that you know to be able to play with other bands. So the question I want to ask is more so about building a network. I know there's multiple ways of building a network, whether that's going to networking events or just being in the music scene or whatever whatever genre that might be in, in the music scene and just um, playing in jams to meet other people. A question I think can get asked regularly, maybe for those who even start ITMP is like, where do I go to meet and collaborate with other musicians. Obviously, we have ICMP, which is home to many students and alumni. But if that's also a bit too daunting, where are some spaces that people can go to to like start to build a network of um, of people that they can collaborate with? Yeah, sure. I've I've tried a few networking events, and um, I found out they're not really for me. I can see on those events that a lot of people are enjoying, and I'm meeting people around but it's just like something that didn't really get my juices flowing for me it's mostly about gigs i love going to gigs i go to gigs all the time i grew up playing gigs and i still do a lot i probably played over like three thousand gigs around the world i love playing them i love the meet the people that i meet in them and apart from playing i also go to gigs like at least like twice a week here in london uh, or anywhere that, that i am really and i guess that's always someone at a gig that you can talk to that is also a musician or a songwriter. And there's so many people in there, like 
really willing to make their dreams come true and to form a band and that want to share their skills and want to have, find people to collaborate with. Um, the I think the hardest challenge just by going to gigs is obviously starting a conversation with, with, with someone. But as soon as that started, and it doesn't take much, it just you know just takes like a, hey, how are you doing? A lot of people don't, uh, I think, don't don't see the power of like just being nice to to someone that's beside you and just hey how are you doing what do you do you know and start that conversation in a gig or anywhere that you are and obviously at ICMP there's a lot of networking events and there's a lot of events that ICMP put with bands from ICMP to play so obviously you can um, I met a lot of people through that as well and I guess the people that I was studying with me in the masters are my greatest uh, networking circle they were all great people and one of them which uh Satch he's the one who introduced me to to teaching obviously alongside a lot of other people at ICMP Sophie also helped me a lot with that uh, so ICMP itself is a networking it's a networking circle and you definitely need to use that uh, whatever you want to do with songwriting or with music they are there to help you and they know the people they know how the industry works they know where you can go so don't be afraid to to ask them for anything and for me once again like going to gigs and playing gigs uh, if you have um, an instrumental skill just go and say yes to those gigs it's really uh, once again it's really hard to say no but i love it when when i have like you know five gigs in a week and you're like yeah on that you just get into that that gear thing going and you're like okay i'm gonna you know brave through all of this i'm gonna play sax with the uh, with this band on the Wednesday and then I'm going to play guitar with these guys on, you know, on the, on the Thursday and then I'm going to play a little bit of keys with these people on the Friday. And then in the end, you've met like a lot of people when everyone is always, as I said, everyone's always inclined to have, make their own dreams come true as well. So if you meet the right people, uh, you can definitely combine your powers and uh, make something very good out of it. Uh, so yeah, for me, it's playing and going to gigs and of course ICMP. He's always there to, to help you as well. Wonderful stuff. That's that's take take that as you will as you listen to this. <laughs> Key jewels on how to network. Okay, so I guess the last question I want to ask is so looking back, so is there any advice that you would uh, give to students or alumni just from your your experiences even post your studies and even as you were studying the masters, um, if there's one pearl of wisdom that you could kind of share with either those who are preparing to finish their masters, those who've maybe recently finished, those who may be still in ICMP and are still doing their course, like what one piece of advice would you want to share, you know, even if this is the only bit that people grab hold of throughout this whole um, podcast episode? That's a great question. Uh, I would say something that we talk about in the, we talked about in the masters all the time. I don't know if that's a, an undergrad thing as well, but it's trusting the process. Uh, I guess it's never enough to talk about that. Uh, it was really hard for me for a long time to understand that and see how powerful trusting the process is. I am now 36 years old and I'm still doing a lot of stuff that I've, I've been doing, you know, since I was like 15 or 16 and I still have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with keep doing what you do since you were 15 or 16. That's a... Uh, you know, if you don't fall into that trap of thinking that you need to be this, you need to be that, uh, you need to follow this, you need to, you know, have whatever. You don't need that. You just need to to trust the process and, and follow your guts as well. 
um, yeah, just just follow what your body, what your mind, what your dreams are telling you. As I was saying, I spent a long time like trying to find what success is, or trying to find what, yeah, just just trying to find what being successful means. But I was doing that through other people's lenses, I think. So you're always trying to, you're always expecting and searching for something that doesn't come from inside. So as soon as you start trusting your pro, your, your process and like your internal process of like, oh, this is who I am, this is what I do, and I'm happy with who I am, and I'm happy with what I do, then you create your own version of success and you create your own version of what is being happy. And I think once you find that, everything is so much clearer and so much more beautiful because you just trust your process and you trust everything that you do because, you know, that's that's the only way you can go, really. When you start doing that, everything looks right, everything seems right, as long as you're not, you know, causing any... I, I, I really believe that if you're not causing anyone any suffering with, with your actions, obviously, uh, if you're doing everything with a pure heart and uh, with good intentions, uh, then everything that you're going to do once you start trusting that process just becomes real and just becomes amazing. So I guess that that's... Definitely. I think that's a great way to wrap it up, actually, trust the process. I don't think I can really add much more onto that. So I'll wrap it up there and just say um, thank you, Tiago, for joining on the What's Next podcast. You've um, really shared some insightful <laughs> knowledge and wisdom that I think actually is going to not just be for those who are studying the masters or doing songwriting but i think across the board i think there's a lot of stuff that can be learned even from your own um process and your own experience so thank you for sharing and i say this on behalf of all those who are going to be listening to this <coughs> right now um thank you for just being um yeah just transparent and honest and just um sharing your own uh, experience it's my pleasure thank you so much for having me i love talking about this stuff and as I said, anytime that anyone has anything that they need some help with or they just want to share with me uh, something that they felt that we can we have in common and you want to share, you want to get in touch, just, yeah, I'm always open for that. And yeah, you can join us next time on the What's Next podcast where we'll have another special guest sharing their experiences and answering the question, what's next? See you next time.